Since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, scientists raced to produce a vaccine so that Americans would be protected from getting infected with the virus. Initially, we did not have a clear understanding of the virus and the mechanisms as to how it spread. But throughout that whole process, we soon found out that hand washing and the use of masks would be a critical component that helped contain the virus before a vaccine uh, could be developed and subsequently rushed to the masses. Within a short amount of time, uh, the public made a mad uh, rush to purchase whatever masks and sanitizers uh, they could find, triggering so much demand that it had even impacted availability of PPE for frontline healthcare uh, professionals. Gradually, there began a shift or a push against the wearing of masks that gained traction into almost a, a national movement. It became associated with freedoms and the, and, and the Constitution. Eventually, it evolved into something that became heavily politicized, particularly by persons that self-identified as uh, Republicans. But before we dive in deeper into this phenomena, uh, before we espouse on the merits of using PPE and hand sanitizers and why that is so important to do, permit me to take a step back in time on the historical timeline when another disease, polio, similarly struck the same fears and uncertainties as did the coronavirus today. So that being said, uh, the first documented polio outbreak uh, occurred in Rutland County, Vermont in 1894. And it wasn't until 1905 that it was found out uh, that polio had a very contagious nature. And by 1908, it was announced that the infectious agent in polio was indeed a virus. Unfortunately, the polio virus itself would not become visible to researchers until the 1950s uh, because it was then that the electron microscope uh, was available. And it wasn't until 1910 in which research uh, with the use of monkeys revealed that a vaccine could be developed to induce antibody uh, production to fight the virus. While all of that was happening behind the scenes, the pattern became obvious that the polio virus seemed to arrive every summer. No one had a clue as to how it was transmitted or what caused it at all. But as usual, as uh, was the case uh, with the coronavirus, wild theories sprang up and people attributed the spread to imported bananas sometimes stray cats, rats, radio waves, wireless electricity, mosquitoes, um, and even shark vapors, as well as poisonous gases that emanated from somewhere in Europe. Um, for almost four decades, we ended up closing swimming pools, movie theaters. Parents wouldn't let their kids play in playgrounds or let their kids attend birthday parties as well. Similarly, as we do now in most places during this pandemic, mothers strictly enforced social distancing rules. Uh, they kept their uh, children and babies away from other kids and children. Um, whatever the therapeutic merit of this, these actions uh, at the time required no government mandates. People chose to voluntarily develop their own means to stay safe. Uh, that didn't mean that the government wasn't interested in doing that. Uh, it was that the government 
essentially would later evolve into playing uh, more of a central role through the help of other health uh, department uh, agencies uh, where they ended up instituting other measures uh, later on as they did in the coronavirus. By around 1916, an outbreak occurred in New York City and the response uh, was that the healthcare workers would physically remove children from their homes or playgrounds if they were suspected of infection. Uh, there were these individuals that would roam the city. There were these healthcare professionals, and that's exactly what they did. They removed kids from these areas, and uh, many kids were taken from their families in this way, isolated in places that were known as sanitariums at the time. In 1949, a new polo epidemic, polio epidemic reappeared and it swept through the selected population centers, leaving most, uh, its most tragic sign, children in wheelchairs, crutches, leg braces, and, and deformed limbs. For children with polio in the 1940s, the disease caused paralysis in one in a thousand cases ages five to nine. And the rest only had mild symptoms, and, and subsequently they developed immunities. Uh, in the 1952 summer season, of the 57,628 cases reported, 3,145 children died, and a shocking 21,269 uh, experienced paralysis. So while the infection Death and paralysis rates seem low by comparison to the 1918 flu and the coronavirus. The psychological impact of this disease became its most prescient feature. Those who survived this highly infectious disease could end up with some form of paralysis, forcing them to use crutches, uh, forcing them to be in wheelchairs, or to be put into an iron lung. Uh, if they were that unlucky. For those of you that are unfamiliar as to what an iron lung was, an iron lung was a large tank respirator that would pull the air in and out of the lungs. And this was through the out, outer uh, type, uh, the outer chest wall, that it allowed a patient to breathe. Uh, it was uh, needed because polio could also affect the muscles of ventilation thereby making it very difficult for someone to breathe. Before a vaccine became available, polio had caused more than 15,000 cases of paralysis a year in the United States. It was uh, the most feared disease of the 20th century. Um, although iron lungs were not the ventilators in the truest sense of the word, uh, there were ventilators in use in the ICUs and the operator rooms at the time. But because of the advent of the polio epidemic, uh, it sparked more development of iron lungs and more manufacturing of these iron lungs to help people, to help so, save lives, actually. The, the concept of a universal shelter-in-place order uh, was nowhere imaginable at the time. Efforts to impose uh, social distancing, they were very selective, and they were also voluntary in most communities. And um, in an earlier 1937 outbreak in, in Chicago, for example, the superintendent of schools, uh, and not the mayor or the governor, 
chose to close down the public schools for three weeks and encourage uh, learning from home. In many localities, when there was an outbreak, and depending on the level of fear, bowling alleys and movie theaters were, were closed down. Church services were, were canceled sporadically. Uh, the churches themselves were never really shuttered uh, at the time. In, uh, in Minnesota in 1948, the State Board of Health cautioned against going ahead with the state fair. It, it was then promptly canceled. And uh, in May 1949, a year after, uh, an outbreak occurred in San Angelo, Texas. The city council voted to close all indoor meeting places for at least a week. In the end, San Angelo, Texas saw 420 cases of polio one for every 124 inhabitants, of whom 84 were permanently paralyzed and 28 later died. Ultimately, poliomyelitis was conquered in 1955 by a vaccine that was developed by uh, Dr. Jonas Salk and his team at the University of Pittsburgh. So that meant that 39 years between the great polio epidemic of 1916, and the moment when science would at least have its way with the polio virus. Essentially, it would take a a lot of effort to achieve herd immunity. Um, It would take a lot of effort to achieve herd immunity level of vaccinations for, for that to happen. So let's segue back to the present, 2021. The fear and uncertainty surrounding the coronavirus pandemic may feel like new to many of us, but it is strangely familiar to those of us who lived through the polio epidemic of the last century. We are apt to think that the number of deaths when you compare both diseases uh, is eerily small, and it shouldn't warrant that much concern or fear, but both diseases do share some similarities in terms of of long-lasting permanent conditions. So between 1937 and 1997, there are estimates that more than 457,000 in the United States suffered from some form of polio, which resulted in thousands and thousands of people that eventually became partially or fully paralyzed, and many others were left uh, uh, disfigured. So, furthermore, one could actually physically see the hallmarks of polio, uh, which were children seen on crutches, they were on wheelchairs, and in many instances in iron lungs. And there are still polio victims around us to this day, actually. In contrast, the physical effects that the coronavirus leaves behind in many infected individuals can't be readily seen. We, we can't tell if the person with the cardiac or lung condition uh, got that way because of uh, lifestyle factors due to maybe smoking or maybe eating habits or due to a pre-existing condition or it was a result of being infected with the coronavirus itself. So thus, lots of people, including Trumpists, don't seem to have a level of concern as people did back in the days of the polio pandemic. In their minds, 
they downplay the coronavirus because the percentage of death is so low in many ways. So why have any concern? Well, that is true. The percentage of dying from COVID-19 is very low. But 10 to 15% of cases progress to severe illness and about 5% become critically ill in the long run. COVID-19 can attack every major organ in the body and just listen to some new disturbing outcomes in regards to COVID. Healthy people infected with COVID-19 are getting blood clots and they're getting strokes. So blood clots uh, are, can lead to an amputation of limbs. They clog up dialysis machines, etc., cause a lot of issues. Uh, clinically, many COVID-19 patients become long-term mechanical ventilation patients. And many have to subsist on supplemental oxygen. And many have to self-administer a host of medications to control uh, things like elevated blood pressures, heart rates, difficulty in breathing, uh, etc. So the topic of this episode is to shed light on the efforts it took to nearly eradicate polio and that eventually the nation had to pull together to achieve herd immunity. There was a visible, concerned community and business-driven effort then And even now, there are a number of businesses that choose to continue uh, to require social distancing and masks. Furthermore, when the lockdowns, when lockdowns, the wearing of masks and the refusal to get vaccinated becomes politicized. Uh, It becomes very difficult to achieve herd immunity, so that we so that we can attain a level of safety as we did when the polio virus ravaged the population back then. It is hard to imagine just how appreciative people were back then about the discovery of the polio vaccine. People actually rushed outside uh, to all the places to get vaccinated as soon as it was announced that uh, vaccines were available. Moreover, sometimes it becomes necessary to turn back the pages of history uh, to remind us that pandemics such as the coronavirus were not the first global infectious agents that have ravaged uh, ravaged entire populations. People responded to each and every pandemic or epidemic, uh, which later became lessons learned. Sadly, we seem to have forgotten, forgotten just that. 